Hey there, and welcome to episode, yes, six of Stuff and Nonsense. It's been a while, but we're back with all guns blazing, and it's going to be a show that's full of stuff, and of course, it's going to have a little bit of nonsense in it. I'm Jo. I'm Anella. Welcome. And uh, so, Jo, what have you been up to lately? What are, you, what are you listening to? I know we both now have radio shows, so what's, you getting some new music on your show? Yeah, that that's the one great thing about Phoenix FM, plug, plug, mm-hmm. is that, um, yeah, that they love having new music and not just, even that's local radio, mm-hmm. it's important as well to the whole station as well that we feature in everyone from all over, even across the other side yeah. of the pond as well. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the same with your one, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I used to have a show called Cool Britannia, so it was restricting. So I, could only, I was only playing British and European artists and uh, now I've opened it up. My show is now called Something for the Weekend on WMPG in Portland in Maine. <laughs> so uh, yeah, some of the artists I've been playing lately. I don't know, I was looking back at my best of 2021 list and uh, some of the artists that I was listening to and I loved were Liz Lawrence, mm. Wet Leg, uh, Self Esteem. I really love Self Esteem. Yeah. Um, I love that new track by Lusitini and Ghosts. I don't know if you've heard it. Pretty, pretty cool check that out oh throw it and, over uh, to me then and i'll play it yeah yeah <laughs> and I, I just find this band well i found them discovered them <laughs> called called fee i don't i'm not even sure how to pronounce it, it might be f-e-a it might be fee it might be fay fia i don't know but they're a kind of punky band from california so i'm kind of pretty excited to be starting that, to play them that's weird are you sure you got that right because there's a band called the simps that play have a song called the fire fire f-y-e and they're from california yeah no this is a, no it's a kind of punk girl band oh how weird is that yeah um, okay yeah, yeah. pretty cool so that's what i've been playing also i've been featuring as well because what i'm doing on my show again plug plug right is featuring <laughs> um <laughs> young artists and um i've been featuring like arcs a duo from from brighton in the uk yeah you sent me a link to them and i played them Love them, right? Yeah, and, and I think the best thing with like alt and pop is that you can put any genre after that as well, slash, 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 so it can go yeah. on. So mm-hmm. I've had so many other people in as well. So Paige Kennedy, the same kind of genre as well. Run, mm-hmm. Rama, the list is endless, really. Mm. Yeah, it's great now that you have a radio show because when we started this, you didn't. So it's kind of exciting that we're both now in radio. Weird how our lives have gone kind of virtually parallel again. You know, right? It's sort of coming back full circle, right? There, there was yeah. us running festivals and now we're doing radio. It's a bit weird, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you know what? It's a kind of nice segue into who our next guest is because yes. they also have a radio show. Yes, they do. Do you want to tell us who we have on today? Yes, we're going I already Steph- know, but tell. I know. Else. That's right. Yeah, well, it's rude not to. It's yeah. Stephanie, Stephanie Ann Johnson. It's going to be here any minute. So yeah, we'll call. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's a doorbell. Oh, there she is. Yeah. Hey. Stephanie, welcome. Welcome hey. to Stuff and Nonsense. Hey. Hello. Hi. Good to be here. Yeah. How are you doing? We we were just talking earlier on before you came on about you know what's on our playlist, what we're listening to, what we liked of last year. I tend to listen to a, a wide variety of things. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, it is a, a lot of podcasts. Um, the true crimeer, the better. Like, are we talking about murder? Okay, great. I want to know what's happening. Um, so true crime podcasts. And then there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of rap music. Like I'm very into Megan Thee Stallion as everyone else is 
mm-hmm. God bless her. She's just incredible. She's like a very hot girl who walks around in high heels and tells people she's expensive. I could do that. Like, I love that. That's incredible. Um, there's this band, these two boys, the Teskey brothers, actually, I think it's a, a group of three, um, mm-hmm. but they play guitar and sing together. And uh, the one song that I, I'm really stuck on from them is called Hungry Heart. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I just, because when, because when I want someone, it's that same feeling of, oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it might be different from other people, but for me, it, it's the same. It's, it's on the same, like, you know, track in my brain, you know, mm-hmm. um, consumption. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah. And, and music's like that too, I guess. Um, especially if it really lights me up. Yeah, we were. We always like to know as well what our guests, what their first record they ever bought or CD, depending on your age or MP3. <laughs> what was your? What, what was the first record you owned? So that you were like, I was given several records, CDs before I I bought my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the first, like tapes and or CDs that I remember having are um I believe it's it, one of the Broadway casts of Annie from the 80s right yeah. um and then also there was a Vanessa Williams uh uh CD I believe called The Sweetest Days mm-hmm. um she was like the first black Miss America so it was like a big she was like a, a you know a specter in my household you know um, the prettiest black girl in America, you know? Um, so that was a big deal. The first one I bought for myself, um, was Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette. Oh yeah. I listened to that motherfucker till I wore it out and then I bought a second one. Um, I don't know what it was for me, like the, the, the energy and like the secret song at the end of that record, like incredible, just incredible yeah. shit. Yeah. I think, I think she spoke to every woman with that album. I think, you know, we all got something from that no matter where we're from. I think we, we all got it right. She really spoke to us totally. Yeah. And she was like, she came out amongst a whole pile of sort of men in the, in that era, the grungy. Yeah. So it was kind of like a breath of fresh air. So sort of. Totally. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Um, because she was like a breath before Lilith Fair started being a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the time I was studying classical music, so it was kind of important. It like it impressed upon me that you know we are purists. Like, so unless you're playing an instrument and you're excellent (laughs) at it, we do not care. Um. So then I got very into Jewel, um, some of the Indigo Girls. And then yeah. as I got like further out to the fringe, it became more about, oh gosh, a little bit about Poe. And then of course, Bitch and Animal, like, mm. yeah, you know, <laughs> like just incredible, just in- incredible queer music that made sense to me in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, before we go on, I think we should give you a proper introduction, you yeah. know. <laughs> so, 
Stephanie Ann, if you know, people have, have started watching this, <laughs> Stephanie Ann Johnson, <laughs> you're a vocalist, songwriter, poet, teaching artist with a passion and hunger for social justice. And I understand that you're also a fan and Joe told me this, that you're a devourer of cookies. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love cookies. I have a cookie on me right now. Actually, it's a... It is a shortbread cookie that is covered in lemon curd. Oh, what? Lovely. Like it, it's, I, I, it's, <laughs> you start it's, a couple of, yeah. it's a couple of my favorite things. And as soon as this interview ends, it's a, it's a little treat I have for myself. I'm into it. So you're also a singer with Stephanie Ann Johnson and the High Dogs. And I absolutely your video, your recent single, If You Don't Love Me, is fantastic. It's bright, colorful. And we get a little bit of a tour of uh, your part of the world. I've actually been to Seattle, so I recognize like a tiny little bit of, of the streets there and the, of course, the market. <laughs> mm-hmm. Was that yeah. fun to make? Was that really fun to make? Um, so like two days of filming, we did some in Tacoma, we did some in Seattle. Um, part of it was uh, the message of the thing, uh, you know, here's all the music venues and I wish I could go inside and play and I can't because everything's mm-hmm. shut. So this is one story. Another story is the vibrancy of all of the street art that we were able to find. Yeah. Um, uh, that was incredible. Uh, and something I just wish that folk would speak more about, like we live in a place where it's green, but it's also gray, a, a great portion of the year. And so street art um, is an incredible way to wake us up and help us connect with each other. Yeah. Um, so, so that message in there, um, at the time when I was writing the song, I was shaking my fist at some young man, you know, if you don't love me, stop bringing me along, this kind of thing. Um, but I also, you know, with the recording of it, I was shaking my fist a little bit at society in general. If you don't love art, if you don't love music and musicians, leave us the hell alone. Mm, Um, mm, if you like, look, the world is shut down. And what did you do? You ran to listen to your favorite record. You turn on the TV, you wanted to hear an actor tell you a story. You got yourself an Audible subscription. You've been listening to books written by humans. Mm-hmm. You're out here loving art. Mm-hmm. So don't lie to yourself and don't lie to me and pay me my money for what I do for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I love that reaction, you know, of the pandemic for the artists. You know, lots of artists gave <laughs> their time up when they were doing these free, mm-hmm. you know, Facebook Live concerts and it was just it was amazing well that's how I discovered I mean not discovered you've you know people know you I've not discovered you <laughs> I'd, love, I'd love to take that label I know I would but, but that's how I, I I sort of like became a fan of yours as you full well know Stephanie through, through through Facebook and just hearing the voice and thinking wow god that where where does that voice come from like who is this person and drew me straight in so if it wasn't for the lockdown and for you all still needed to be creative then we wouldn't well we be here now well at the time especially at the start of the pandemic um for me I was still in this mindset Uh, I have the uh one of my coping mechanisms is avoidance you know Mm -hmm. so at the time it was like 
okay, well, the world is shut down, so we're just going to avoid it by playing as much music as often as possible. That's what we're going to fucking do. We're going to stay on track with this shit. We're going to drive this motherfucker until the wheels fall off. We're, you know, like this was my attitude, very voracious, very upfront. Mm -hmm. And now, two years into the pandemic, I'm on a vacation (laughs) from from making music, Mm -hmm. um, like professionally. Mm -hmm. So I still have my radio program. I still have my side retail job. I'm still afloat. God bless it. But I don't have to sing for my supper right now. Mm -hmm. And this is literally the first time in my adult life when I have not been completely dependent on my passion to put food on my table. Mm -hmm. So it's a big deal for me. Mm. And I'm taking this time to date myself and learn about myself and get into myself Mm -hmm. because I spent a lot of time thinking that the things I wanted and liked were to be avoided because they were not necessarily socially acceptable. Yeah. And now that's a really constrained way to live life. Um, at least for me, it was to be constantly ignoring or trying to ignore an active hunger in my life. Mm-hmm. That's not, I mean, come on, man. Like I'm, you know, some people believe in this idea, you know, ye old Native American, you know, tale about two dogs that live inside you and which one will you feed? And it's like, okay, great. Which one will you feed? But what happens when you have starved that one dog for so long? Hmm. You have starved it. You have locked it in a room or outside or something like this. What happens to that dog? Hmm. That dog becomes angry and loud, now, doesn't it? I don't know that side of you. And and there's, I know, I don't do wiki or anything like that because I just think majority of it's all false anyway. So I, I, I never look at that as a reference, but try to look at people's social media more than anything else as well. I think that's where you get a proper feel for them. I think sometimes a picture as well speak does speak a thousand words, you know. And 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 for me, I think what it is 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 knowing that you know your passion is music music is life it's your life it's a huge part of you and your music has evolved with you through every new layer that appears of stephanie ann johnson and so i mean i know by playing as any musician will if you've had to play for cash and you're doing covers yeah you can enjoy them you're doing it yourself but it can be soul destroying as well and so for you to recover for that and then start writing again is huge, right? I'm the kind of person that needs a push. Okay. So I spent five years on cruise ships and in California playing a lot of covers, singing a lot of covers. Mm. And then I came back here to Washington State and I had um, a handful of musicians. Oh gosh, that Bennett Pullen and then a guy named Zach Flurry. I had both of those young men saying to me, why not playing songs you wrote? The songs you wrote are pretty rad. Like, what are you doing? And as a viewer, you really get that connection when somebody's giving it everything and and connecting with you and engaging with you. It it makes it. Yes, and. Mm -hmm. 
the dynamics are important because like you were saying earlier, Joe, oh my gosh, where does this voice come from? Um, sure. But if I gave you the full bore, the full like high octane of what my voice can do mm. right out of the gate, mm. are you still interested or are you holding your ears a little bit? Uh-huh. Yeah. So we also need, at least for me, the way I think about it, I also need the influence of people that do burlesque or strippers because I have to figure out how to translate that style Mm -hmm. of not giving away everything in the first five minutes. Yes. Right. Yes. On that note, who were you listening to that would give, that was, was giving you inspiration when you were doing your, your songwriting? I feel like I'm influenced. A lot of my influences are, you know, 30 to 40 years older than me. Mm-hmm. And it takes an exceptional new song for me to turn my head. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Which brings me to that Tyler Childers. Um, oh, gosh. What's that other song? Um, the line he has in it in the middle, it just struck me because I feel like somebody rich wouldn't understand. Mm-hmm. The line he says, get me drinking that moonshine, mm-hmm. get me higher than the grocery bill. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he said that, I feel like a lot of Americans in general will say, he, you know, that young man is correct. Mm-hmm. The grocery bill is high as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, so his ability to connect to people, his ability to say plain truths uh, and the song of his that I really, really feel is incredibly impactful. Everybody go listen to it. It's called long violent history. Right. And for me, I'm a black person, so I don't need people to explain racism to me. I have lived through a piece of it and I've lived through my piece of it and I've seen how it has worked in my life. Mm -hmm. So what I find impactful about this song is it is a white gentleman attempting to explain racism to his audience to mm. other whites yeah. and I feel like he does a good job mm-hmm. um, and I also feel like there's not a lot of white artists out here that would a have the hubris to try and do something like this the idea mm-hmm. and the ability to execute something as well as he did all the artists that we mentioned, we're going to put up a, a Spotify playlist as well. Uh, so people can go and listen and hopefully then buy the music, which is more important because as we all know, Spotify, when you're, or any other streaming service, is point not 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 one percent, one penny or, or one cent, I should say, of the money. So everyone we mentioned today uh, will be on the Spotify list. And you know what, <laughs> Stephanie, I think that's a really important thing. Obviously, as a, a white woman myself of a certain age now as well, it's, it's a tricky thing, right? I think a lot of people are scared to talk about things. I certainly was, right? And you think, actually, you know, I find really uncomfortable, and I don't know whether you do, is I find it really uncomfortable when white people have hashtag BLM T-shirts on. I feel uncomfortable because I think, are they just trying to say that they are are not racist or it's just, it, it just doesn't sit well with me racism globally we have colorism if Mm. we want to call it this nationally here in the states racism systemic racism 
Mm. Being that it is so ever present in our society, Mm. I think we have to, as members of this society, then take every opportunity to, uh, to, to dig through, to get through what we've been told to find more of the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you're wearing a black lives matter t-shirt, okay, great. That's step one. Now, who are you giving your money to? Now, who are you following on the internet? Yeah. Now, what book clubs do you belong to? Now, how are you involving yourself in conversations that you find uncomfortable? Now, how are you fighting the racism in your workplace? Mm -hmm. Now, how are you fighting the racism where you spend your money to buy your groceries? Well, how are you fighting the racism where you go and vote and who you vote for? Well, what are the policies? You know, well, which schools get which money and why? Well, have you looked into the gerrymandering in your state? There's just so much to do. That I feel like having the Black Lives Matter t-shirt or putting the Black Lives Matter sign in your yard, it's a small step. Mm. And, you know, I don't know how anybody feels about this movie, but it's called What About Bob? Mm. And it's got that Bill Murray in it and that Richard Dreyfuss. Mm. And it's a comedy. But in all things, let's take baby steps. So I feel like wherever you are, you know, because leaving racism, becoming an anti-racist, this is on par with leaving a cult. This yeah. is on par because sure. you're leaving things you were taught as a child. You're yeah. leaving the wallpaper of your previous life. You are mm. opening the curtains. You are opening your eyes. You are entering a brand new world. And I don't want you to hurt yourself. Mm. So let's mm. take baby steps. And it's not a sprint. It's mm. not a, I hopped over racism and now everything's good on the other side. It yeah. is a lifestyle. Yeah. So I want you to take baby steps. Yeah. I want you to take breaks. I want you to replenish yourself. But most of all, I want you to keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can learn something from everybody. And our Jewish brothers and sisters, our Jewish siblings of various genders, however you yeah. identify, you know, they tell us that it's, it's not my responsibility to finish this work. Mm-hmm. But nor am I allowed to leave this work <laughs> simply because I'm tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's my mm-hmm. responsibility to do my portion of this work mm-hmm. and keep it going. Right. Mm-hmm. We, all, we all fight the racism and the sexism where we find it in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. See, I find it really hard. Is I feel I've always been oppressed anyway, and my voice has never been heard for being a poor white queer woman. But to be a poor white black woman, I know, and I've always known that it's worse, and it's always a harder journey for everybody as well because it's 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 so much work to be done, as you say. But I think it's really good that we we do have these conversations now, and and not to ridicule anyone as well because. Remember, some people are in their own little bubbles, in their own little areas all over the world, and and they may not see the bigger picture or understand certain things. They've not been educated enough to understand as well. And that's why I think it's really important to be sensitive with people and and just give people a chance. While I do feel that it is not necessarily the responsibility of people of color to assist our white siblings as you all go through your various awakenings, Um, 
while I feel it's not necessarily a responsibility for me, while I have the energy as for me and my house, um, I, I want to be here for you, but that's because I, that's because that's the kind of person I want to be. Mm. I didn't mean it's that because in, I meant I that, that in choice. general I meant that in general for everyone to talk not necessarily that you know we've got to sit there and listen to a black woman to tell us it's, it's just about everybody having conversations and and you know if people are strong enough and feel they can pick up the fight and help educate then that's like yourself at the moment, Stephanie, you're in it you're happy to sort of like just ensure that people are on the right track right? I mean, yeah, if I can. Mm. Um, I also try to remind myself, and it is tough sometimes, yeah. that like everyone else, I'm fallible. Mm. And I'm not the end-all, be-all of opinions on racism or anti-racism. And it's important to, as Wu-Tang tells us, diversify your bonds. Get out here and diversify your information systems, um, I'm a kind of person that likes to listen to individual people. Mm. So I like to find people to follow who are saying something that I want to be a part of. Yeah. But also when I find people whose voices no longer align with me, you know, I'm happy to to see myself out of that conversation and go listen to somebody else. Sorry, Anella, you can't come in. No, I was, I was, uh, you know, I was going <laughs> to, you know, I was going to say a few things, but I think um, just to, to sort of move it on to this, to racism within the music industry. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about equity inclusion in, in the music industry. We all have strong feelings on that subject. And uh, I'm sure we all agree that racial equality in the music business is a long way off. It's mostly rich white men that run the music industry. And it's been like that for a long time. We all know that. The industry was built on racism and, and sexism. And um, I, I don't know how your experience of being, you know, starting off in The Voice uh, as well, it, you know, as that was probably one of your early introductions into the music industry in, in a bigger way, maybe? About The Voice in particular, mm -hmm. there are, uh, like everything else, there are levels. And yes, there was sexism because for me, you know, when I was on The Voice, I was uh, 27, 28. So I had been used to, you know, performing in nightclubs and such, but also having worked with kids, right. Mm -hmm. Having had a 16 year old who I was responsible for. So mm -hmm. when I was on the voice and I was seeing the 16 year old girl in the extremely short skirt, you know, I was, I was, I was taken aback and caught off guard. I didn't know that that's what we were doing. Right. Um, and then also, I don't remember who told me this, um, but while I was down there, you know, they were uh, talking to me and saying, um, well, you know, look around you, like who else is black on your team? Who else is black on your show? Who else black has ever won this competition? What happens to people after they win this competition? Do you even want to win this competition? Is it a good idea for you career-wise to win this competition? There was all of that discussion going on. Then the other thing that I did not expect to be as big an issue for me as it was, even though I had worked on cruise ships, so I had seen what I thought was 
an extreme have and have not situation, right? I have seen that both on the ship, you know, the difference between people that sleep on A deck and people that sleep on B deck um, and, and the room structures of people living three to four to a room and I had my own room, right? So I thought I had witnessed that. Then I went to California and I saw the way that the crew was treated versus the way that we were treated as artists, mm-hmm. as talent, versus the way that the like real famous, you know, red chair people were treated. So the stratification of who was worth and who was not worth talking to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very interesting to me. I didn't know that that's what we were doing. It's not la-la land. There aren't mm. people just cartwheeling through the streets and shit. I mean, sometimes there are. I was going to talk as well about, you know, after the, the murder of um, George Floyd in 2020, the music industry staged that Blackout Tuesday, which I actually can't remember. Do you, do you recall that Blackout Tuesday? It saw work stoppages across all the major labels. But I was going to say, do you think stuff like that as an example, has any effect or is it just like another token gesture that will kind of fizzle out after a week or two? Uh, Well, as we're seeing, that one was uh, in particular a token gesture because here we are two years later and they haven't said anything else about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you, if one of the things people don't realize because we don't read history in this country is that Mm -hmm. things take time. so much if we time, look into <laughs> exactly if we look into a little bit of recent history, this is when I like to to bring up the Montgomery bus boycott. Right. So maybe you've heard of this, but do you know that that boycott lasted two years before there was any change to happen in the legislature? Yeah, like wow. yes, two years, two mm. years of grown people carpooling and taking the bus, wow. um, or not taking the bus, but carpooling, walking. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, organizing for the community to be able to do such a thing. Mm-hmm. So it takes years and a lot of people working in concert mm-hmm. to to make change, but all it takes to maintain the status quo. People are talking about it. People are more aware about it. And as you say, we're starting to actually stand up. There, so there's an author named Beverly Jenkins. She mainly writes romance novels, mm-hmm. but she writes the historical fiction kind of romance novels with all kinds of fancy black people from the before time. And she gives uh, an interview and some woman is asking her about, you know, why do you write all of this like, you know, salacious sex into all of this other serious you know, historical background. And she said, you know, just because we're in the midst of tragedy, that doesn't mean we didn't celebrate our wedding. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, look, just because, just because slavery had only been over for 20 years, that doesn't mean people weren't celebrating their weddings together Mm -hmm. and births and christenings. That doesn't mean that people weren't loving through all of this tragedy. And so when we are able to look at history, to look at really what happened in the Atlantic slave trade, 
and we look at where people ended up, we find we there are things that are joyful to be found among these shards, mm-hmm. among all this pain and turmoil. Among it are rubies and pearls, the stories that we get told uh, that can be told if we are to look, uh, if we are to widen our historical lens. So we're not only talking about the history of war, but are we talking about the history of food? We're talking about the history of music. Are we talking about the history of art? Mm -hmm. All of these things can be found uh, in, you know, critical race theory. If we are to, you know, call it that when we could simply call it history, that is the piece that the radical positivity people miss. We don't have to be radically positive all the time. But when we look backwards into all of these things, we can find joy. And I mean, I feel like music is the perfect example of that because, you know, while, while you have, uh, you know, Chuck Berry and Aretha Franklin showing up, having their, you know, briefcase and or purse and or pistol on stage, just in case they didn't get paid. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You also had some of the, some of the greatest musical performances that we have Mm -hmm. are, are those. Yeah. Yeah. And Uh, I just, I just, (laughs) I recently learned that and I didn't, I don't know why I didn't know this because I'm a big fan of like old rhythm and blues, but it used to be called race music. Yes. uh, Used to be called race records. Yeah. Um, for, for many, for many years, because yeah. regular records were the ones where white people sang. Yeah. yeah. And race records were yeah. the ones where either black people sang or white people sang the songs that black people sang. Yeah. Um, uh, and this is how you and, and this is how we get Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. And Elvis Presley, mm-hmm. because you had regular white boys mm-hmm. that people feel a way about mm-hmm. that, you know, loved black music, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not during their lifetimes or during their heydays, they were willing to say that out loud. I think it's clearly evident in the music that they chose to sing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, that goes with every music. I mean, if we look at like jazz, you, you think of like Billie Holiday, right? Nina Simone. And then obviously the white guys, the Frank Sinatra's were singing all that type of stuff, right? So it's, I think, you know, when you're talking about educating as well, I think music tells a better story that people actually understand that. So it'd be really good to, you know, I know there's a lot of queer queer uh, stuff going on with uh, Bessie uh, Smith and Ma Rainer as well, you know, right? So, so there's so much history there that people just don't know about. We get snippets and I think it's really important that, that people should go and check these people out. Speaking of Ma Rainey, because you mentioned it, mm-hmm. um, there is a playwright named August Wilson right. and uh, wrote a lot of plays about the experiences of African-Americans um, in different decades. It's called Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is the name of the show. It is on Netflix, so That's you cool. can go and look at it later today. There mm-hmm. is some discussion over whether it was right for Viola Davis to wear a fat suit to be Ma Rainey, being that there is an excess of of thick black women who would have fucked that role up. Mm -hmm. Um, So while there is a discussion about body politics, 
Mm. Um, to be had about that show. It's an incredible show. And the message about the history of music and stealing um, is quite prevalent in that mm. film. Um, it's so such a good film. It's such a good film. And uh, I was was just reading a quote, actually, not a quote, one of her lyrics and her lines, because there was some kind of like question whether is she gay, is she not? And then I saw this this line out of her, I have it here, actually, one of her lines. I went out late, I went out last night with a crowd of my friends. It must have been women because I don't like no men. Wear my clothes just like a fan. Talk to the gals just like any old man. So, you know, Mm -hmm. that says it all that (laughs) she was definitely, definitely queer. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a discussion. Like what is the, what is the, I'm going to say, what is the difference? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, as somebody who's classically trained and who still has a little bit of a, a heart for the opera world, I still have friends that sing in blackface. Right. Yeah. That's... Now I don't agree with it and I don't think it's something we should continue to do. Why? Because, Why? Why? because you once know. you it's, it's because once happening. we learn better, we do better. Because mm-hmm. once we learn better, we do better. So now that we know that this kind of behavior is offensive and doesn't help us tell the story, it does not help us tell the story. I have not seen that for a long time, but I do know they celebrate blackface in Amsterdam. Mm. You know, uh, correct. Spot to Pete. They do a whole festival yeah. about That's black it. Pete. Santa's slave or not slave black yeah. helper so, so, can, can, can we go back to this because obviously like there's a lot of uk um um watchers and listeners uh, uh, as well and it was the the um there was in the 70s and 80s that was the saturday night show you know everybody black yeah, yeah. yeah it was just the thing of that time obviously thank goodness everybody knows better now but you saying that that's happening in, in, in opera, people. Is it really happening in, in, in the U.S.? Yes. Um, a couple of years ago, there's also the discussion of yellow face. Um, so this is people that are doing um, Gilbert and Sullivan, mm. you know, and still doing, you know, three little maids from school mm. or whatever with the painted faces. And... I just think that we got to let people tell their own stories. Mm. So that means we got to hire people on both sides of the table. Mm-hmm. So that means um, on the production staff and on the performance side to tell these stories. But it's almost the same as, you know, in, in Hollywood, just sort of hiring you know, why, why can they not hire a, a queer actor or a trans actor instead of having somebody, I don't know, it's, I, I kind of feel that that should change too. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, okay, you don't have to be a serial killer to play one. Like, you know, Eileen <laughs> Warnos, like, you know, uh, Charlize Theron, you don't have to go out here and murder eight <laughs> dudes to like figure out what these feelings are. Okay, I understand that. Um, but if you're doing a fucking show about a trumpet player, hire a trumpet player who can act. And don't lie to me about that electric connection. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's electric mm-hmm. between a human being and what we think of as an inanimate object. Yeah. Because there is electricity that shoots from the brain, through the heart, 
to the fingers. Mm. Uh, and I feel this way about, that's why I feel this way about like, don't write, don't play a show about Nina Simone and hire some person who cannot play piano. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Yeah, when yeah. You, it, it, you know, what, what is the solution? What I'm thinking is what we can do is, and I know you have a, 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 a is it Patreon or Patron or? Oh, yeah. I never know. Um, I have a Patreon page. Uh, yeah. It's going through some revamping because I'm, I have new personnel, God bless it. What can we do to be supporting music to be making change? Um, what you've what what you've got to do, because we live in a capitalist society, mm-hmm. you got to look at where you're spending your money. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to pay artists whose music you like. Are you, are you um, using Bandcamp is that the best way to pay musicians is to buy their stuff on Bandcamp or just directly into their Patreon? Because I do think this is one step that we can do to kind of fix or help. You know, Bandcamp is the website that I feel like pays the most money to artists uh-huh. um, for their music. Yeah. So Bandcamp is a good way to do it. If you fuck with Spotify, I feel like I want access to a library this large. Mm-hmm. I want access to Spotify's library. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, I pay for Spotify, but also... I think we've got to, I think that the people that, I think it's all about taxation. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because if, yeah. if, <laughs> if Jeff Bezos paid his fair share, ooh, mm-hmm. we could fix these roads and get these babies some nutritious food for the school. You know, I just, I, like, that's, all, that's immediately, that's immediately where I go. Yeah, um, you're, you're completely right, you know. How much money would we have if, if they all paid their fair share of tax? If they all paid their fair share, if we could, if, if, if the Spotify people had to be responsible for paying a, for paying a, like, um, basic income for artists, mm-hmm. if they had to kick us down mm-hmm. because we keep their platform running, so yeah. if they had to kick us down every time. Yeah. If they had to give us a dollar here or a dollar there, a full dollar, not some several pennies, <laughs> right? Like, what and, would it and be also, like? you know, with record companies, of course, you, when you sign a record deal, you lose the rights to your music. So, with Bandcamp and with your managing your own music, which is probably a lot more work, well, obviously, it'll be a lot more work, but I, I can't believe in 2022 that that bands lose their and musicians lose the rights to their music when they sign with a record label. This, I feel, has directly to do with business and business management. And this is why instead of like, look, kids that are going to go on to higher education, that are going to be doctors and engineers, ooh, get those kids into uh, an algebra class, get them into the biology classes. That's fine. For those of us that are going to be out here driving cars and buying CDs and shit, Get us some personal finance and business classes in regular high school. Why is it that parents are expected to teach kids how to pay taxes mm-hmm. when, when we know it's tricky? So why can't we hire an accountant and pay them some real goddamn living wage money to teach these babies how it works? Yeah, exactly. I want to end the podcast on that, but we can't. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can, 
I'm through. Yeah, that thing, Joe. Editing, I'm good too. I'm ready. I get, I get very excited. I get very heated because I, because I, I get heated and excited like this because I care. Yeah. I well, care about my community. So on that note, I think we're, I think we're going to reach our quick fire round. You know, we often do this. So it's a, a little yes. quick fire round, some questions. It's going to tell us a little bit about the real Stephanie Ann Johnsons. Are you ready? Johnsons? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm into it. Yes, there's there's several of me. I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do you start off? Right, an easy start. Tea or coffee? Tea. Cool. Ooh. It's unusual. Yeah, green tea with honey. Oh, okay. Uh, grits or biscuits? I got to choose. Oh, you got one or the other. Biscuits. <laughs> I'm drooling. <laughs> you know what? You don't know what biscuits, Joe. Uh, they're um, scones. <laughs> yeah, no. but we have an English version of that. We would say scones sure. or scones as well. It's that same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We do with that as well. So yeah, that is obviously one of my questions: acoustic or electric guitar? Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna say electric because I'm I'm going to see about one later today. Ooh. Is that in our guitar? I know it's supposed to be quick fire round, and the show's not about New me. But is that Telecaster? I'm getting a new Telecaster. I am. What color? Gonna, I'm hoping it's teal, but I don't really know. I have to go to the guitar shop and see about it. My my plan is to spend a month getting up every morning, playing on that thing for 20 minutes on the amp I have picked out for it, and see what happens to my hands in 30 days. Wow. And, and is this that, the guitar, shop, guitar that's shop that's. Oh my God. We, and we're so in sync, Canela and I. It's like, <laughs> It's the same guitar shop from the video. It's called Guitar Maniacs. They're incredible people. Uh, independently owned music shops are are the tin. Ideal touring destination. I want to do one of them blues cruises. Like, mm-hmm. I want to get on a boat with a bunch of musicians that I don't know and sing a bunch of blues that I do know and go to the fucking beach every day. And sit in the shade and not be bothered by direct sunlight. So the ne- next question: Are you good at keeping secrets? No, <laughs> I like no? tea. No, I am not good at keeping secrets. Ketchup <laughs> <laughs> uh, or mayo? Ketchup, never mayo. Ooh, I mayo. I put mayonnaise in everything. Everything. Chip. Really. Chip. Yeah, chips like fries and mayo. That's really? Mm-hmm. Like the Dutch? Yeah, like the well we do it. We all do it here in Europe, I think, don't we? It's like a it's a thing. You get your chips and your mayo and sometimes I put a little hot sauce in my mayo and make it a spicy. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to put a couple of food questions in, but no, because it'd go on far too long because Anella won't talk about them. No, don't oh, miss go on that then. Question. Go on then. Go on, it's your favorite favorite, favorite food. Chicken and rice, like almost any version of chicken and rice, I will fuck it up. Is <laughs> it butter chicken. chicken? Is it butter chicken and basmati? Oh, yeah. Sure, that's great. Is it like chicken and rice casserole a la Midwest? Yes, I will eat that. Are we? Is it fajitas? Is there some kind of a, yeah, I'll eat that. Um, I Like any kind of chicken and rice? Yes. All sounds good. But Stephanie, yes. obviously um, we have no mayo though, right? No, we don't hot do that. Sauce. Just hot no, sauce. no mayo. Um, sunrise or sunset? 
both. Mm-hmm. And that means that I want to get up around three or four in the afternoon, just in time to see the sunset in a couple of hours. <laughs> and I want to stay up all night and um, talk and have food after the gig and be loud and boisterous, then watch the sun come up, then go to bed. Right. Well, that's it. The end of the, the uh, quick fire round. So it was no, pretty no. quick for us. It's been a lot longer in the past with some of them. Yeah. So, so um, Stephanie, thanks for answering the quick fire round and letting us take another little look into the world of Stephanie Ann Johnson. Thanks. You're so welcome. And and thanks for you, the listeners or the people that are watching on YouTube as well. Into the stuff and nonsense. Our guest again was Stephanie Ann Johnson, musician, writer, fellow dog lover. Goodness, hang on. We've got to give a shout to your pups, right? Cake Pop and Augie. Yes, 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 yes. Cake Pop and Augie. Um, Cake Pop slept through breakfast this morning because (laughs) she would rather snuggle than eat. Um, but Augie does not give a fuck about that. He wants to eat. Um, is, Augie, so, is, Augie, is he a little Sheltie? Augie is a Sheltie. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother-in-law has a Sheltie. He's cuter than me. Like, why are why do I have the most photogenic dog? Like, it's obviously to match your photogenic. <laughs> Something like that. I'll take it. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for joining us and uh, wishing you a very successful and healthy 2022. And uh, before you go, Jonah, just give us a quick reminder of where we can find out more about you and future performances, if there are any, or you just like take some time off. Please, please follow me on Facebook. I'm Stephanie Ann Johnson, and with an E, or on the Instagram, all one word, lowercase Stephanie, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-A-N-N-E. J-O-H-N-S-O-N. Um, I am constantly putting up pictures of me and my dogs. Sometimes I post what I'm eating. Um, hopefully in, in February and the following months, there will be more gigs. But as I said, I'm getting older. I want to sing less often. I want to sing for more money. Um, let's face it. I want to sing in concert halls. I like, I like, I really don't care if you're dancing or drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I came here to sing a good song and yeah. I prefer that you were sitting on your ass when I did that. Asses are good. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it'd be great if you'd show us some love by leaving us a review if you're listening or watching on our podcast on YouTube. Like, subscribe, retweet, all that other nonsense. Uh, then you won't miss any of our stuff and nonsenses. Find us on the Stuff and Nonsense Show on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash slash the Stuff and Nonsense Show. Yeah, I never do that bit because I always get muddled up. So I just leave that to Anella. So, yeah. So goodbye from Anella. Goodbye from Joe. And goodbye, Stephanie. See y'all later.